What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I guess I should have asked before this, um, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Vum Odenarde. <laughs> okay. Welcome, Aline, everybody, uh, to Nice Minds. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I feel blessed and honored to be here, so thank you. You're from Belgium, right? Yes, I am. It's 10 p.m. where I'm at. It's 3 p.m. here, Central Time. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on today because uh, I can't remember what Facebook group it was in. Uh, it was one of the Facebook groups I'm a part of. I'm just I'm in a lot of different producer, engineer, DJ communities because uh, I got into like doing this really unique thing um, where I was like booking hip hop artists with EDM acts. So I was kind of kind of involved in both space. I mean, I, classically, I'm a hip hop dude. Um, but it, it really struck me because um, I'm, I'm going to quote something off of your website. Uh, so I saw something like a video that you said, uh, helping DJs and producers overcome mental blocks that limit their skills, their craft, their success in dance music and keep them from working on their music, which I thought was very interesting because I actually started this podcast for kind of the same mission, more or less. Um, it hasn't really, I, I guess, fully developed into what I would eventually like it to become, but I had the idea of Nice Minds to kind of help uh, producers, creatives, just creatives of different kinds, uh, overcome hurdles and struggles. So I thought that that was really awesome. So how did you get interested in in uh, DJing and music in general? I've actually been in the dance music industry scene and like nightlife, club culture since I was like 14, 15. I think the first time I went to an actual club, I was 15. Like my sister just put on a bunch of makeup on my face and tried to make me look 18 and like dragged me in. Totally worked. Um, so I've always had this passion for nightlife and club culture. And it's always been, to me personally, a space where I could escape to. I come from an abusive home. I did not grow up in the best way. There was a lot of violence, abuse, sexual abuse. Um, so for me, club culture, going clubbing was really a way to escape that. And I know I'm like diving right in here, but it's really like the origin story almost. And it was also a way for me to find myself, to kind of figure out who am I? What do I want to do in this world? There has to be more to me existing than all of this violence, right? And the dance music scene, like dance music in and of itself, helped me do that. Because that's also where it comes from, right? Like Black music, you know, queer culture, expressing yourself, like all of that is just at you know, the, the origin of dance music. So that's really what, what kind of drew me to it. And that's really where, where, you know, my passion for it started because I just really found myself and could save myself from, from you know, the violence that was all around me when I was growing up. So your main mission with your company, uh, the Unicorn Mothersh uh, Mothership, uh, seems to be to help uh, producers and DJs get over like mental blocks and uh, particularly uh, procrastination, um, which I really resonated with. Because uh, I mean, I like like I said, like I got into doing this because I wanted to help creatives kind of in the same 
aspect. And um, I'm the biggest procrastinator there is. I mean, I put out three projects in the last 20 years since I've been creating music. And most people by that time have put out like 10 projects by then. And so I'm the biggest procrastinator there is. So I think that that's amazing. So what made you want to help uh, producers and DJs in that way? Well, I guess for me, it also comes from being a queen at procrastination in everything in my life. I have always been a person to avoid everything that was uncomfortable, things that I felt fearful about. Um, and so really stepping into being an entrepreneur was one of the biggest, I guess, steps in my life that I had been thinking about for a long time. And I actually took to a life coach to help me figure all of that out. And because I was in that work, I realized that there was something there for me to help people with. And at the time, my life coach asked me if I wanted to be trained by him. He's also a therapist, by the way. Um, and he trains people to become coaches and counselors. And so I took to that training. It took me about a year and a half every every weekend like it was really hard work to get trained um but during that training i understood that i wanted to bring together my passion for club culture and really figuring out your purpose overcoming mental blocks so that you could really feel good about yourself and about the things that you're doing and really put out the best expression of yourself um, safely courageously and put it out into the world, knowing that that's actually a really scary thing to do, but doing it anyway, in spite of the fear, despite the fear, um, and just really not constantly going around in circles about it, not second guessing it, not you know succumbing to self doubt, but just really doing it because you allow yourself to be your fullest expression and you want to share that with the world. So for me, that's kind of where that came from, because I could see on the one hand, with my vast experience in electronic music, club culture, having a lot of friends who are DJs, producers who run labels. I used to run a label myself. I used to be an artist manager. You know, I worked in the music industry for music companies like Mixcloud. So I really kind of saw everything that was going on. And I saw this huge lack for wellness supports, mental well-being, I constantly saw people almost fighting against, you know, their limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. But what they actually really, really wanted was to do what is in their heart of hearts, right? Like what's in their soul. And I wanted to help people do that, like really confidently take the next steps so that you can really move the needle on your own terms. That's kind of how I brought everything together. That's amazing. Um, so without giving too much of your secrets and your sauce away, uh, what would you do to like st start with somebody like who's just fresh coming to you? It was like, hey, I have all of these things I want to do, but I'm, I'm struggling. Where would you start? It really depends on the question. Um, I'm very intuitive, so I would need to have that person in front of me to really kind of feel into what's going on. Usually I just ask a lot of questions and I ask a lot of probing questions. So a first conversation with me usually is very eye-opening, raw, real, and very uncomfortable. And I'm also not for everybody. I really am super straightforward. I get right to the point. 
I get people into breakthroughs and ahas and moments of clarity within like 15 to 20 minutes because by owning where you are, by getting super honest about it, without judging yourself for it, without beating yourself up for it, wherever you are struggling, just owning that, that's the point where you will be able to move forward. So just to give you a tangible example, when somebody comes to me, which happens a lot, saying that they struggle with finishing their music or even getting started. Like I've worked with people who had been dragging out, putting out an album for two years. I've worked with people who had been dragging out, restarting music for 10 years. Like people who were on, on the brink of just quitting altogether. People who felt, you know, so bad about it that they were really almost to a point of depression. So when they come to me, we really explore that procrastination. Like what is it that you're trying to avoid first and foremost? And also what are you getting from procrastination? And I know this sounds like really twisted, but by providing that contrast, by really exploring together with you what you're getting for, from procrastination, what's the payoff? There must be something, some benefit somehow, you know, no matter how twisted it sounds that you are getting from procrastination, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Mostly it's about keeping yourself safe. In the end of the day, we are all just trying to survive. When it comes to procrastination, it's our human brain taking over. We just don't want to die, right? Like, And it's not like a saber-toothed tiger is going to jump out of your Ableton or whatever you're using, but your lizard brain is trying to keep you safe from everything and anything that seems uncomfortable, aka danger. And that's kind of how you know we, we constantly avoid doing the things that we really want to do because it's uncomfortable, because it's unknown. So that's usually what I'm exploring and also looking at, because I'm a life coach, so I'm looking at patterns that show up in other areas of your life. So when you procrastinate in music, chances are that you are procrastinating in another area of your life as well. Um, that avoidance behavior is probably going to show up as some pattern in another area. It could be relationships, finances, um, I don't know, health in general, whatever that looks like. Um, and so we're really going to kind of look at those patterns so that you can start to recognize them, so that you can acknowledge them, um, so that the unknown is not running the show. And you can just really look at it from kind of a, you know, in coaching, it's called like a meta position. You're just kind of stepping outside of the situation and you're just observing it. You're not giving it any meaning. You're just kind of looking at, okay, what is going on? What do I see? What do I hear? What is being said? Um, you know, what, what are my thoughts around that? And then from that space, you can just really start recognizing all of those patterns. And once you recognize those, you can actually turn them around and you can be like, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing again. Like, no, 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 I'm not available for that anymore. I have decided to now become a new version of myself, the version of me who does the thing that I want to do, like, for example, getting started on music or finishing the track or putting the music out there despite the fear, in spite of the fear, you know, and just really creating a new story about yourself. Because that's the thing with procrastination. You are constantly telling yourself the same story, like, oh, no, I'll just do that later. Oh, no, I can't do it now. Oh, no, no, I can't. And when you keep telling yourself that, that behavior really becomes ingrained in your brain and you constantly repeat the same pattern because you taught yourself to do that. You know, you taught yourself to constantly behave in that same way. 
And so what you want to do is choose a new story so that it can start behaving differently because you cannot change the situation from the same energy that you created it with. You have to change your thinking around that, change your feelings around that, change your perspective. And that's really where outside help, like a coach or a therapist or a mentor or another musician can really help you to kind of shift that perspective. So that would be my answer. I think that the work that you do is amazing and so important because, I mean, as somebody who has struggled with mental health all of all of my life that I can remember, um, I find amazing value in, in everything that you said. Um, and I've noticed that uh, most of my friends, uh, most of my close friends and family and, you know, a lot of creatives struggle. And um, in particularly, like my good friends uh, in the music space, like pe people that I um, worked with on my, my record label, because I ran a record label for five years, um, like people would, they would have these, you know, huge mental blocks that just kept them from pursuing what they wanted to do. Um, I mean, to the point where, uh, you know, I, with my own struggles and my own um, fears and just everything with the pandemic, uh, I had to to fold my record label last year because, you know, my artists weren't, weren't working on stuff. I wasn't um, working on stuff the way I wanted to. Just my resources felt like they were kind of dwindling. Um, and I just kind of had to shift gears in what I was doing. Um, so I guess I, again, without giving too much sauce and secrets away, um, how would you start with somebody like me? So a little bit of background on me. Um, it, anybody who pays attention to this podcast probably knows my story by now, but, um, I've been making music for about 20 years. Um, I kind of did nothing with my twenties. I kind of wasted them away. I, I would, you know, lock myself in my room making beats and uh making music but i was like scared to get a driver's license um so i would like live in my parents basement and just make beats like all day and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't really go out too much other than like to shows and stuff like that so i i let that go on for a long time in my 20s and then i finally got the courage to go to music production school at the age of uh 29 so i was 29 when i started and i for for years, I had the idea to to start this record label called Nice Entertainment. I probably had it in my brain for like five years with that title. Um, and once I got to school for music production and engineering, I met a whole bunch of like-minded people that kind of shared the same goals and visions and um, dreams that I did. And things kind of started to take shape really quick. And um, I started to meet all these, you know, like I said, like all these people, we were booking shows. I was... Um, kind of wearing a lot of hats all at once. I was, you know, engineer, uh, manager, producer, everything. So um, after like going to school part-time for like four years uh, and then going back to school, I I ran my record label out of my school for like six years. Like I, that was like home base. Um, but then in 2020, everything kind of shut down and uh, I lost my studio access and um, couldn't book shows. And so, you know, I, I kind of folded the record label. And then in, in that process, before all that, my mom uh, got cancer and I was like in the hospital with her, helping her out for like 50 days and helping her for like a year with her cancer stuff. And then uh, 
recently she passed um, from coronavirus. So I'm kind of at this weird point in my career where like I'm doing this podcast. I have tons of ideas, tons of potential. Um, I mean, like albums and albums worth of material sitting on my hard drive. And I mean, ideas that could probably make me a ton of money, but I'm just kind of stuck. Mm. So given that background without giving too much away, what would you do for somebody like me? Mm. Well, first of all, I want to say my deepest condolences for your mom's passing. That must have been so freaking hard. Um, I'm actually getting a little emotional thinking about that because December is always a difficult month for me. My my first ever boyfriend and then later best friend um, passed away when I was 18 and it was cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that. So when people tell me that, I, I really feel that. Like, I really feel that. So I'm just kind of like in this space right now with you where I'm feeling like what I would do when we would be in a coaching session and I would really be like, what do you need right now? Like, what, when you think about it, what do you need the most right now? Because a lot of things have happened. And the thing is, with life, every life area is interconnected, right? So when something happens in one area, it tends to overflow in the other and vice versa. And that can be a good thing or a not so good thing. It kind of depends. So I would just ask you, what do you need the most right now? Maybe it's not even full focus on the music right now. Maybe it's something else. And then when you can find back that, that balance somehow, because when you're stuck, you're kind of like, you're not moving forward. You're not, you know, not really going places. <clears throat> you really have the feeling that nothing you do moves the needle. So the question would be, what do you need the most right now in your life in general, right? Because I feel like what happens a lot, I see this a lot in the industry that we're in, but also in society is that we have so many rules around the things that we should do, the things that we have to do, the things that we think we need to do that we forget the things that we actually want to do. And we forget about them because we are so used to playing by society's rules, other people's rules. Sometimes we don't even know where we pick them up from. It can even be like a generational thing, like things passed on through the family that you're not even consciously thinking about. So what I would suggest for you is to first and foremost, go back to the core, what does your soul want? Like what, what's there that you want the most right now? And then from there, you can take that next step again. And then you can decide what that looks like, whether that's music, whether that's tackling a certain project, whatever that looks like for you. And also knowing that you don't have to have everything figured out all the time. You can just really lean into life and trust that Everything is happening for you at the right time. Everything is unfolding at the right pace. And you have so many ideas, so many things that you have already created. I think you can trust that you will never ever run out of inspiration. Your source of inspiration is infinite because that source is you. It doesn't come from anywhere else. 
the outside of you may be a trigger to inspire something new, but you are always your source. So I think you can trust that if you just give yourself a little bit of time and just sit with everything a little bit and then just really get still and listen what comes through, that's the next step. Not the strategy behind it, not the business side thing behind it, not the like, what's the next thing I can make money with? Like all of those are great. And I highly recommend to anybody listening, watching this, you know, go into the strategies. They're awesome. But you have to remember that they will only work for you if you back them up with your true desire of what you truly want to do, what really drives you, what really lights you up, what really excites you, what the thing that you would choose and you would think of like, I cannot choose wrong. Like if I choose this, even if it goes wrong, I cannot choose wrong. Like this is it. That's what I would suggest for you because a lot has happened. So you're allowed to just sit with these things and to, to let through what needs to come through. And, it, and if that takes a while, that's totally okay. That's where I would start with you. I would also explore because something that stuck with me from what you just said was I kind of wasted away my 20s. I would also explore a little bit what that means, like why you see it that way and maybe reframe that a little bit. I, I feel like there's something there. I'm not going to go into that now because maybe that's like too personal, but that's also something that I would explore a little bit because oftentimes the best information that you can get is by listening to the way you talk about yourself and noticing what comes out, what comes through and kind of asking yourself like, hmm, how curious, like, wh why am I saying it in this way? Why am I using these particular words? Like, how else could I say this? Or how else could I think about this? And what would feel better for me? And what would serve me better, right? So I would definitely also, I think that's two things, explore that with you as well, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and actually, it helped me a lot. Um, because yeah, I do feel like sometimes I'm not able to feel the way I need to feel and follow exactly what I want because I have all of these outside opinions or, um, you know, things that I should and shouldn't do um, to worry about um, at all times. And, you know, whether mm -hmm. it be, you know, even though she's a force for good in my life, whether it be my girlfriend's voice or, you know, parents, brother, you know, whatever, you know, and I think I think that's really that's a good point is just following what I need and what I want at this time. And I think I think what I need to do is I need to and I, I think I am slowly finding that because I'm I'm working on certain things like I have a song coming out and, you know, I, I am kind of working on these different opportunities that I have. But uh, I think I need to just work on myself and being uh, comfortable and confident in who I am and that and happy with who I am and, you know, accepting where I've been. Whatever that looks like without giving too much meaning to that, just really allowing yourself to come through because this is something that, this is something that I actually, this is interesting that we're talking about this because this afternoon I had a, a coaching session with my heart intelligence coach. Um, and we were talking about this because I have had this tendency myself, especially in this industry and even more so being a woman in this industry of dimming myself, um, censoring myself, editing myself, 
um, you know, like wanting to do something, wanting to, to create content around something and then kind of going through it and kind of like, yeah, censoring myself. Like, no, I'm not going to say it this way because it may trigger so-and-so. Oh no, this is something that you shouldn't say in this way because people may get mad or it may trigger people into, I don't know, anxiety or whatever. And so this constant, like trying to juggle everything and also this constant, and this is very typical in the music industry, this constant trying to be on, always trying to catch up with everything, always trying to be in the loop with everything, always trying to be behind everything of everything. It's freaking exhausting. Like if we would just all sit back and just be like, what is next? What do I want to share? What do I want to do? And then just do that. Don't overthink it. It's kind of like, I think it was my boss at Mixcloud who used to say this, like, um, do it now and apologize later or something along those lines. I feel like that is something that all of us can do more of because if, if there is one thing that we can take away from this pandemic is that we shouldn't waste our time on constantly thinking about the things that we think we should do or other people expect us to do because time is our most important resource and before you know it it can be it can be gone right like and it's not even about the money and it's not even about you know like the visibility and the you know the highest quality music whatever it's really about what are you going to pour yourself into and 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 the time that are you going to use to do that like make it count make sure that it excites you it turns you on it's like something that you're so passionate about you could talk about it for days and days and don't edit yourself like just be all of you share all of you you're allowed to do that you know like nobody has anything to say about that and if you do fuck up excuse my french then it's okay like you are going to f up it's fine but i think it's just really so important, especially I think now, and this is something that I'm working on myself as well. It's just like, don't edit yourself. You're a good person, right? So you're going to come from good intentions. So you have nothing to worry about. And you can just really build that trust in yourself more and more so that you can just become more decisive so that you can really step into your own sovereignty, own it, take accountability and just do the shit, right? That's, you know, that would be my message. <laughs> I feel like I'm preaching, but I'm just really passionate about that. Also for myself. To me, it's it's uh, inspiring, and it, it it means a lot to even hear you say that. Um, because I resonated with uh, you know everything that you were saying. Um, especially uh the part about editing yourself. Um, I mean, like with this podcast in particular. I mean, I try to leave it very open and, and you know i try to be very raw and honest and stuff like that but i find myself you know being super anxious about certain things like oh if this person sees this or hears this then like what do they think and like even the song that i have uh that i'm working on that's coming out uh at the end of december um it's about my mom and you know i'm 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 nervous about like my dad or like my brother hearing it and like it triggering them to like feel sad and you know like um like i put um my mom's like voicemail uh notes in in it in the song and i'm just like and yes. it's i mean i've sent it to a lot of people already and i've gotten nothing but amazing feedback but um 
like like a buddy that's uh grammy nominated i i sent it to him and he was like going on and on about this this and this and like quoting lines and like you know recording stuff to like his his facebook like quoting me and stuff i'm like this dude is grammy nominated and like i'm freaking out right now and so like it's it's really true that we you know we should allow (laughs) ourselves to you know to feel the things that we need to feel and to be truly ourselves because that's part of artistic expression it really is and also what i want to add to that what kind of comes through right now is it's so important to understand that you're not responsible for other people's feelings that's their responsibility right and i know this is very hard especially in the event like the song coming out and you're worrying about your family because it's you know your mom and like obviously you know, that's very, very vulnerable and and sensitive. However, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. What you can do is you can practice seeing them in their power. We are all powerful human beings. We are all capable of so many things, right? Like just the fact that we're keeping ourselves alive every day is incredible. And so just see other people in their power. Like they are grown-ass human beings they are capable of managing their emotions and dealing with them in their own way and maybe the way they do it wouldn't be the way that you would do it but it's okay like they're going to find their own way that's just part of life like life always finds a way through and under and around it right so you're not responsible for other people's feelings even though that feels really hard but you're not like it's just kind of a a matter of authority like you are your own authority you are responsible for yourself how you take things in how you manage things how you process things and other people are going to do the same for themselves like they're their own powerhouse you are your own powerhouse you don't have to feel responsible if they have questions around it if they want to talk to you about it sure i'm open to that great let's talk but in the end of the day it's still up to them to manage it Um, and to do it in the way that feels best for you. And I think that's also something that many of us, including me, like I'm also working on this, are too worried about. And I definitely struggle with this, like with my clients. I'm constantly trying to not feel responsible for them, um, for their feelings, for their results. Like it's sometimes super difficult for me, Um, but it's something that's just really important to share because you just cannot carry around every everybody else's feelings and, and outcomes and you know so I think hopefully that helps especially when that song comes out you're probably I, I get it like I would be anxious too and it's okay it's okay to feel anxious you know we don't necessarily have to try to push that away or bypass that it's okay to feel anxious and to kind of get curious about that and be like okay I'm feeling anxious right now like you know, what's, what, what is that all about? Like, maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's, you know, you can turn it around a little bit gently and let it move through you rather than trying to bypass it or, or push it away. Um, and I think like asking yourself these questions about, you know, like I'm not responsible for how they are feeling. Like I can see them in their power. Like what would I ideally want them to have, you know, to react or, how ideally would I love them to feel about this song? Like, how do I feel about it? How do I want them to feel about it? Those are all things that you can do just to kind of put yourself in that space of just letting things be and play out the way they need to play out and lean into life, you know? Absolutely. I think that's great advice. And I I think, I mean, you kind of opened up something 
in what you said, um, I think that's been my biggest thing that's held me back. Uh, you know, a lot of the time is is worrying about what everybody else will think. Um, you know, whether it be people I don't know or people um, I do know very well, and you know what their opinion of of something um, will be in the in in the end. And I'm I'm as an empathetic person, I'm always very conscious about about what I say and do in to not hurt other people and and i know that that this this song in particular wouldn't really do that but it, it's just one of those things that kind of was a was an anxious feeling when i'm like getting ready to promote this song that i have coming out it's normal to feel all of those feelings it's just the way it is and i get it like you know it's this is also something typical for people in the music industry you are more prone to feel these feelings of anxiety or or you know stresses or or pressures because you are sharing the most vulnerable parts of yourself with the world right and that's scary and in and of itself you're already a person that's dealing with a lot of emotions in various ways through your music and then you're going to share that it's like here my heart on a platter like you know I don't know what you're going to do with it eat it throw it away smash it love it I don't know but here it is so it's it's normal to feel that way and I don't know if you've you've looked into this but there is this study that was done in the UK research into mental health of musicians it's called, Can Music Make You Sick? I think the pilot study was done in 2016 and then they did a follow-up in 2017 or something. And it said that um, musicians are three times more likely to feel depressed or fall into feelings of depression than other people because you're already sharing so many vulnerable parts of yourself, right? And you know you're going to be criticized and you do it regardless. And it's not because you know you're going to be criticized that that makes it easier to be criticized. And so it's normal to constantly be trying to navigate all of that and try to avoid that. And in avoiding that, you're not doing the thing that you really want to do because you don't want the pain that comes with it. And so oftentimes you don't do it or you water it down or you edit it and then put it out, but it's actually not really your fullest expression. And then that doesn't really make you feel very happy. And then you're kind of in this cycle of like, well, what else? And then kind of the flame dies. And I know this sounds like super depressing, but this is a cycle that I see so many times. Um, and just know that you will be criticized. It will hurt. People will say the meanest things to you or about your music, hopefully not, but it's highly likely, especially with internet and social media. And you just have to suck it up. Like in the end of the day, you just have to suck it up. And this is a lesson that I learned myself as well. Like, as I was mentioning earlier, I felt like I was constantly editing myself in the way that I was talking about my work and the topics that are important to me on my social media, on my blog, and it was only like a week ago that I decided like, fuck it, I'm just going to put out what I really want to put out. And I created a reel and I got really mean comments on it. And suddenly it blew up and it has like, I don't know, 37K views. I was like mind blown because I only have like 400 followers and 
my other reels only get like, I don't know, 3000 views or something. And I was like, well, I asked for this. I want to impact millions of people and I cannot expect to not get mean comments. It's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, just suck it up and look at it with love. Like, what would love respond to this? Like, what, you know, like, how, how can you find a way for yourself to agree with what this person is saying to some extent? And then from there, you know, respond or don't, whatever. Um, but so, yeah, you're just, it's going to suck. Like, that's just really the way it is. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, and once you just accept that, you can just be like, okay, I'm just going to do the thing and we'll see. Absolutely. I mean, that's true with, with everything. And I, I think I've always realized that, um, that like, I'm just gonna, anything I put out there has the potential to, to be criticized. Um, uh, but on a more positive note, I want to hear more about you. So, uh, the unicorn mother shit, uh, that title is amazing. Like I, I realized, so I, I, I mean, when I first became aware of you, I, I did a little research, um, and I, I thought that at first I thought it was just the Unicorn Mothership podcast because that's the name of your company. Um, mm -hmm. But then I, today I actually realized I'm like, oh, no, that's mother shit. I'm like, that's amazing. So <laughs> how did you how did you come up with that title? And uh, how long have you been doing the podcast? To answer that question, um, it's because <laughs> I always kind of joke around with the name of my company because um, sometimes I like. I don't know, I slip up and I say something wrong. And like the first time that happened was when I said the unicorn mother sip. And then I was joking like, oh, maybe I can create like my own Prosecco or something. Um, now zero alcohol, of course, because now I'm sober, but whatever. Um, and then we just kind of, you know, like we're joking around, like me and my friends joking around with that. Um, and so there's like all these different varieties that have come through, like the unicorn mother, I don't know what else it was, whatever. Um, but so the unicorn mother shit kind of came through because sometimes I would just get frustrated with running a company in the dance music industry. And I would just say like, oh my God, all of this shit, like all of this unicorn mother shit going on, like, ah, it's so frustrating. And like, I'm so angry and I don't know what to do. And I just want to, uh like lit the whole thing on fire and like not look at it anymore. Um, and so I decided to start the podcast in September. So it's only been like three months or something um, because I wanted to have a space for myself to talk openly about everything and anything without thinking about like, does this fit into the vision of my company? Does this fit into the mission that I'm working on? Does this fit the strategy of the programs and the courses that we're putting out? And like, I just wanted a space to express myself. And so basically the podcast is just so imperfect because I've been working in radio for eight years. Um, I had um, a radio show on um, a station in Manchester for three years, like this month is three years. So I'm really all about like the audio has to be good and like blah, blah, blah. But with this podcast, I was like, I'm going to make this as raw and real as possible. I'm literally just recording it and as a voice memo on my phone. Um, I'm not even editing it. It's like background noises, whatever, I don't care. And I'm just really speaking about things that come through as they come through. So I don't have like a set recording date or anything. I'm just like sometimes feeling inspired to share something that's going on, like shit that's going on, literally. Um, and then I just talk about these things. And it really varies from like hiring my first 
person and having on that and then like last like this week it was like dealing with my fiance's hangover because he went out and he he had you know taken a pill and he was really drunk and it was triggering for me and like I just really share everything and anything um, that comes up. And I made a commitment to myself to really talk about everything without censoring myself. Like also the things that I'm afraid to talk about, the things that people may judge me for. Um, I've been called woo-woo a lot because I'm a spiritual person. Um, you know, a lot of things that I'm actually doing in my life, not a lot of people know about because I'm too scared to talk about them. And so the unicorn mother shit is all about all of that shit. Um, behind the scenes, it's just, you know, just full on me. And sometimes I'm putting a podcast out there and I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? Like, ah, but I, I, you know, I have a commitment. Like I have the sacred contract with myself that I'm allowed to express myself in any way. And I wanted to create like a space for myself to do that, um, outside of kind of like my company, my brand, um, and all of that. So that's, that's where that came from. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. And I love that that you want to do it very uncensored and just like, fuck it. This is like who I am. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, I love yeah. that because it that's what kind of uh, held me back from starting this podcast uh, for a long time is I, you know, I'm, I'm an audio dude. So I was worried about the audio quality and, you know, the uh, I was like, I want to finally start it, but it's a pandemic and like, I, mm. you know, the zoom quality with like some of my guests is it's not going to be great. Cause like, I can't get, all of my guests aren't audio engineers, so I'm not going to get the best, you know, and uh, for the <laughs> longest time I, I had had this green screen. I've always had this green screen, but I just started putting this background because I realized like I can actually do this uh, for like the last few episodes. But for the longest time, it was like this wrinkled, you know, green background uh, that I had. And um, just because I didn't want to like show my room or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I definitely understand the the feeling of uh wanting things to be perfect and um and i still really meticulously edit these so i i, I but i kind of want to get to a place where i don't do that where it's just like completely unfiltered and you see all the fuck-ups and stuff like that um but i mean for me i'm like as an audio dude i enjoy editing so like i like going through and meticulously you know kind of editing things but um I, I really like what you do and I, I really appreciate it. And I think it's very needed in the music community. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> how has uh, the pandemic affected like your business? Uh, how, how has the pandemic been for you personally? I mean, like, how has everything been for the last couple of years? So 2020 was actually kind of crazy in terms of business because suddenly more people saw the need for my work, like what I'm doing with the unicorn mothership. And sometimes I have to be careful not to say shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, and I got a lot of requests from people, you know, asking me to do like a guest blog on, you know, how to cope with being an artist in lockdown, how to stay productive, um, or do videos with like mental well-being tips, how to cope with being inside and all of that stuff. So there was like a lot coming at me. And then suddenly to lose all of these projects, it was really like, like it was pretty difficult. Um, but, you know, I, I remain positive and I just, you know, continue to really be of service for people and try to help wherever I could by creating a bunch of content and 
just really making myself available to people. Um, so I guess 2020 was pretty okay. And then I also kind of, you know, decided to shift a few things within my business model as well. And then I hired a new coach who helped me with that to really go fully into more of a course model and a one-to-many model because I really wanted to increase my impact. So I kind of shifted more from doing one-to-one coaching to more like course creation so that I could reach more people at the same time, have group programs so that like the one hour of coaching that I do with one person one-to-one, I could actually transform into like reaching more people within that one hour and still coach them. So that was really super exciting, something that I had always wanted. So there was a lot of like business behind the scenes stuff, a lot of, I guess, you know, getting recognized and, you know, like strengthening bonds and networking and changing my business model. And then 2021 was actually really hard and really good at the same time. Um, So 2021 was really the year for me that I decided to go into my sobriety to really step it up like for myself in certain areas of my life and to start teaching on things that I had always been afraid to teach on like money mindset or sobriety or you know like talk more openly about drugs and alcohol and all of that stuff um so so far everything went well and then in the summer um when I got my first vaccination so I did decide to get uh, my vaccine I know this is like a bit of a polarizing topic I decided to get it even though um I didn't want to um and up until I got the invitation I I wasn't going to but then something inside of me said like do it so I just listened to that feeling and I just did it um and I was really sick um from the first you know first vaccine and then from the second one I was sick again And that really gave me like a really huge, like mental health hit. Like I just kind of crashed somehow. And it went really, no, I didn't really crash. I think it kind of (laughs) slowly happens. And I noticed suddenly in um, August and September, like just recently really, that I had a lot of anxiety around a lot of things. And I felt like I was like this, I had broken open and I was taking in everybody else's stuff. Um, Also including, you know, anxiety or or fears that my fiance was having, um, stuff from clients. I started to fear like, you know, money stopped coming in. Like I was just, I kind of broke open. I took in all of the other shit and I wasn't able to create anymore. And I wasn't able to receive anymore. Like I couldn't receive money. I couldn't receive new clients. I couldn't, like, it was really hard. And then I hired somebody to kind of help me reboot everything a little bit in terms of like social media, take over a few things because I didn't want to feel overwhelmed. I didn't want to abandon my business either because I really am here to serve others. So I was like, okay, I just need to take a little bit of a step back so that I can really fill myself back up and then show up fully for others because that's really important to me. Um, And then I really just started to tap into the things that I used to love doing as a child and starting to realize that in the past years, somehow I had lost kind of like a zest for life or a zest for happiness or something. Like, I don't know why or how it happened. And sometimes you don't have to, because I mean, you can make yourself crazy trying to figure it out. 
Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes it's enough to know like, okay, clearly I lost this and I want to get it back. And so I tapped into what did I love doing as a child and horses came into my consciousness the whole time. I, I grew up around horses. 10 years ago, I lived in Tuscany and I volunteered for almost a year for the Italian Horse Protection Association. I was working with abandoned, mistreated, confiscated horses day in and day out. I was taking care of a herd of 75 horses, four cows, one dog, three cats, like whatever. I was living in the middle of Tuscany, like living my best life. Horses were my best teachers. Um, they really helped me to manage my anxiety that I had back then, 10 years ago. And so I stepped into that space of like, okay, how can I bring that in, back into my life? Um, because where I'm currently living, there is no space to accommodate a horse. I have been really out of that energy and that life for way too long. So I don't really remember everything that is needed to actually take care of a horse. And so I just kind of sat with it and by some inspired idea, I actually met somebody online who had just come out of a very severe depression, um, who is on the spectrum and who basically was also diagnosed with this really rare autoimmune disease. And she has a horse, but she wasn't able to fully full-time take care of her anymore. And so we decided to share custody almost <laughs> of the horse. So I'm now going, um, I'm now going in like two times a week to spend time with her with the horses named Heya, um, you know, take care of her, um, slowly building up her training again a little bit, mostly doing a lot of groundwork, um, going on walks, like not me riding her, but just literally like taking her by hand, going on walks, like building that bond of trust, helping her heal, um, also helping the owner heal, you know, back to health. And just really, we're just all there for each other. And the crazy thing is, I haven't mentioned this yet, but the thing that I also struggled with um, this year and last year was migraines. I just had migraines like twice a week. I was like sick to my stomach all the time. I, sometimes I had to puke, like I was constantly having these headaches, back pains, like everything. And now since that I have Heya in my life, I've been like knock on wood, <laughs> migraine free for like a month. So clearly, like my my central nervous system needed some healing from all of the stress and the anxiety, and probably also the vaccine, I imagine, um, and just you know get back to a space of what truly makes me feel alive. And it was the answer was horses, like you know. Um, so I think that's kind of in a nutshell how the last two years have gone. Um, and as I was doing that, like money started pouring in again and like I started getting new opportunities again for, for my business. I'm, I'm just feeling a lot more positive now to really continue. Um, I'm also going to start talking about sobriety a lot more, help people a lot more in that space. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, I think, dealing with the anxiety and, and, and also I, I guess in a way I was very angry. I was angry because, you know, the music industry has just really been so fucked over by this whole thing. And there has been no support, barely, I mean, barely to, to no support. Like I also worked on 
um, a chapter for the Global Nighttime Recovery Plan, which was set up last year to really help nightlife to, you know, stay alive, survive, you know, throughout this pandemic, and then, you know, kind of safely start up again. So I also worked on a chapter around mental health for the Global Nighttime Recovery Plan. And that also made me really angry because I could see like how nightlife was just getting fucked like all around um, in different ways in different parts of the world. And I just felt I just felt very powerless, like I couldn't do anything, like even if I was trying, it wasn't enough. And I was just really angry for a long time. And I'm still quite angry, like even now in Belgium, like the first thing that goes, nightlife was open for two months and now they closed it down again. And it's like, you know, it's it just feels like trying, like the government is just, I, I get it in some way, I get it, right? But it just feels like the government is just trying to censor us again in a way. And I just don't like being being censored and take, you know, my freedom freedom being taken away. And I think those are the things that I mostly dealt with. And I'm still working through them in a way. Um, I guess like everybody else. Like I have a lot of tools at my disposal. I have my coaches and I'm trained in a lot of things. So I do find it's easier to manage for me. Um, but I'm still going through them. So I'm still angry and anxious in a way. I relate to a lot of what you said. Um, I mean, I, I think I have a little bit more of a, um, an empathetic understanding of the shutdowns, just b having lost my mother from coronavirus. It's like, it's a trauma thing for me. And I'm, I'm just like, um, I'm still like afraid to go to concerts uh, or, you know, I don't even know if I'll, cause I used to book shows myself, you know, and, and run them and all that stuff. I still don't know when I'll feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, so I'm coming at it from a completely different angle, but, uh, but part of, um, I, I just, I feel for absolutely everybody who has been affected by this because everybody has gone through major changes over the last couple of years. And, and that's why I try to ask on every episode, like, how does the pandemic or how has the pandemic been for you and how has it changed your life and all that stuff? Because we're, we're all kind of just going through this shit storm together and, and, uh, figuring it out and, you know, figure out how to maneuver within it and um, how to stay positive and motivated and all of that stuff, because it's, it's draining and it's, it sucks. I mean, especially, you know, with you being so passionate about the nightlife and stuff like that and getting that taken away, you know, multiple times by now, um, it's just, it's, it's just frustrating, I'm, I'm sure. So I, I'm completely... I completely feel for you and, and all that stuff. And, but at the same time, I, I, I appreciate the work that you've been doing and continue to do. And I, and I hope that uh, your sobriety uh, keeps up and I hope that you continue to find success through all of this. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, like, I definitely get it as well. Like I understand, you know, the measures that have been taken and all of that. It's just, more coming at it from like a personal feeling like this is what I'm feeling rather than like oh no let me just rationalize everything and like overthink it you know um but yeah I obviously also get it and there's also a lot of things that uh, I don't um agree with but yeah I mean I just we'll see like we're all in it together as you said like we're facing this shit storm together and I think 
having these conversations is just also so important. And I definitely really appreciate that you reached out to me, that somehow we kind of crossed paths and that you invited me on here. I definitely enjoy conversations like these. And I think they're really important for us to, to have these and to kind of stick together, right? Like to exchange ideas, even though, you know, even if they don't always align, that's totally okay. But it's just so important to keep connecting. I think that's the only way we will be able to elevate consciousness and, and make changes in a more positive way because we cannot continue the way we were doing things either. Um, and we definitely have a lot of work ahead of us to make changes for the better. And I'm not just talking about like, when the pandemic ends, which that's a different conversation, but um, I think, yeah, there's just so much work ahead of us to make the music industry a better space for everybody, more positive, more healthy, more inclusive, um, so that everybody who wants to build a life around their passion for music can just really do that on their own terms. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, but <laughs> we're all in it together. So I think that's really good and positive. Absolutely. I do think we have a long road ahead of us, but uh, I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, having these one-on-one -on -one conversations are super important and I think more people should, should do that. And I'm glad that we got the chance to do this today. Um, thank you so much for, for giving me the time. And I would love to uh, discuss collaborating with you in different ways in the future. Let me know how I can help the unicorn mothership and mother shit in any, yes. way, that, in <laughs> any way that I can. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we definitely have to stay in touch because, um, yeah, I just, as I said at the start, like I just felt when something or someone resonates, like just listen to that and, and like put your heads together and see what you can do together for sure. And that's also the beautiful thing about this pandemic. I definitely found a lot of incredible people that I started collaborating with who supported me in some way and I supported them, I hope in some way. And so, yeah, I, I definitely do see that um, for us as well. And I, I love that. I think that's really amazing. So, yeah, definitely open to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again. Do you have any last words for the people? I like to give people the last word. I feel like I've already been preaching so much. but <laughs> <laughs> I think what really kind of stays with me from this conversation and, and because I was talking it through with my own coach is just don't don't edit yourself, don't, you know, don't censor yourself. It's really okay to want more and to want to be all of you. And you're allowed to do that. You deserve that. And if you feel like you cannot do that yet for yourself, then you have my permission to do it. Like kind of borrow my permission until you feel comfortable enough to give yourself permission. But that's kind of something that I want to say, like you are allowed and you have the permission to just be, do and have anything. That's I think would be my last words. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate your time and get some rest. I know it's late for you um, and I'll hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.